0: Uh, If you have your Bibles or your Bible apps with you, please turn to Mark chapter 14. Today's message is found entirely in the book of Mark. So once you get to Mark, you won't have to go far. Um, The title of today's message is Believing Jesus. Today's Easter message is about believing Jesus and acting upon what he says. So let's jump right into scripture right now. Mark chapter 14 is where we will begin. We'll be in Mark 14 for a little bit here, starting with verse one. So Mark 14, one through nine. It was now two days before the Passover and the feast of unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at a table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, as she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done What she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. The story is about Mary of Bethany, sister of Martha and Lazarus, and most likely a very close relative of Simon the leper. This is a story about believing Jesus. So much so that we respond and we act upon what he says. When Mary anoints Jesus with the oil from the alabaster box, he blesses her and he says, she has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Friends, this wasn't just a case of Mary showing love for Christ. This wasn't simply Mary expressing devotion or generosity. This was a case of amazing faith. Mary had listened to the teachings of Jesus. Mary had listened to the words of Jesus. And Mary believed what Jesus said. Mary heard when Jesus said that he would be betrayed and arrested and scorned and ridiculed and mocked, that he would be beaten, that he would be killed. And that after three days... He would rise again. Mary listened, Mary heard, Mary believed and Mary responded in a way that reflected that she believed what Jesus had said. I'm going to quickly read three scriptures from Mark chapters eight, nine, and 10. I'm going to read them quickly. The scriptures will be up here on the screen. Um, You can go back to it later. And what I want you to see is that Jesus foretold his death repeatedly, plainly, and in great detail. So Mark eight thirty one and 32. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. I do love that because we can be pretty dense sometimes. And I love that Jesus just speaks to us plainly. Mark nine thirty one. For he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days, he will rise. Mark 10, 33 and 34. See, we are going to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him, and after three days he will rise. So, did you see anything vague in what Jesus was communicating? Did you see anything that was cloudy or unclear or unplain? Jesus spoke with no generalities. He didn't speak in parables. What Jesus told them Was incredibly specific and detailed. Yet, from what we see, the disciples did not believe. Well, well, which part didn't they believe? Well, what we see in Scripture is they didn't believe that he was going to die, they didn't believe that he was going to be killed, and they certainly didn't believe that he was going to be resurrected. Perhaps they thought he was speaking figuratively. But Mary, on the other hand, Mary knew that Jesus was not speaking metaphorically. Mary believed and trusted Jesus that he was telling them the literal truth. Let me ask us, friends, do we believe that the words of Jesus are literal truth? Do we believe they're metaphors? Do we believe they're anything other than truth? Because if we do, we're missing out on life. In chapter 14, Mark identifies the place where this story took place as the house of Simon the leper in Bethany. Mark doesn't mention the name of the woman, but in the book of John in chapter 12, John identifies her as Mary of Bethany, the sister of of Martha, the sister of Lazarus. And in John 12, we see that Martha was serving at this gathering and that Lazarus was sitting with Jesus. The presence of these three siblings in this story means that Simon the leper may have been, their father may have been their uncle. He was certainly a relative and most probably he was a close relative. Simon the leper had suffered from leprosy and Jesus had healed him. If I was Simon the leper, I'd be pretty sore about that nickname. Hey, hey look, it's Simon the leper. Uh, no, no, Jesus healed me. Thank you very much. It's just Simon now. I'm good. You're, you're right about that part. It's Simon. But look, I'm healed. I'm clean. I'm good. You know, it's Simon. No, I told you he lives around here somewhere. Hey, there's Simon the leper. No, there's Simon who used to have leprosy and then Jesus healed him. So how about, hey, there's Simon the healed. Hey, there's Simon the leper. I'm telling you, sometimes bad nicknames, they just stick and there's nothing we can do about it. So Simon the healed, Simon the leper, whoever he is, Jesus is the guest. It's honor at this gathering at his home. And as he sits and eats, Mary enters the room with an alabaster box of perfume. Scripture identifies this perfume as spikenard, which was a very expensive fragrance imported from India. And in verse 5, we see that the small container of perfume is valued at 300 pence, which was the equivalent of a year's salary for a common worker. Now I don't know what would be considered a common worker and, and what that common worker today, what that salary would be. So let's just be conservative and let's just let's let's call it twenty thousand dollars. For Jesus, how quickly would you part with twenty thousand dollars? For Jesus, how quickly would you part for with a year's wages? Some believe that this perfume Might have been Mary's dowry. And if that's true, it was probably all that she possessed. Now, it was customary to wash the feet and anoint the head of a guest in your house, but Mary goes above and beyond. John says that she anointed Jesus' feet, wiped them with her hair, then she breaks the container and pours all of its contents on Jesus's head. Immediately, the disciples start to criticize her. One gospel records that Judas was the most vocal in his criticism. They claim that Mary has wasted this valuable ointment, this precious perfume, and that she should have sold it and given the money to the poor instead. Just for a second, can you imagine how Mary must have felt at this moment? After pouring out everything she had as a sincere and vulnerable act of faith and worship, she gets criticized and ridiculed by the disciples of Jesus. I'm sure her heart must have been broken just like that alabaster box that contained the perfume. But Jesus, being Jesus, he put a stop to the criticism. He tells the disciples to leave her alone because she has done a beautiful thing for him. He says "I can help the poor anytime they want, but that they won't have many more opportunities to show their love for him. Jesus had told his disciples as we read several times that he was going to Jerusalem to be put to death. And now he claims that Mary's act of devotion will serve as an anointing for his death. Mary's actions showed that she believed the words of Jesus. Mary's actions showed that she believed that Jesus was soon going to die. In response to Mary's action, Jesus said, she has anointed my body beforehand for burial. There's no way that Mary could have known the profound and prophetic significance of her act. When caring for the body of someone who had died, the Jewish custom was to first bathe the body and then anoint the body with nard, an ointment used as a burial element and it perfumed the body of the loved one. After the body was anointed, the flask or the box, the container of ointment was to be broken and laid with the body in the tomb. Please hear this. This wasn't done before someone died. This was done after they died. Jesus knew that he would be put to death as a criminal and that he would not be given a proper burial. Jesus knew the significance of every second of this act that Mary did for him. Jesus knew he would be buried without proper anointing, but the father moved upon this heart of an obedient and listening child, Mary, to make sure that Jesus was anointed. Those in this room with Jesus did not know that Jesus would soon be dead. Jesus goes on to state that whenever the gospel is preached, this story is going to be recounted. Did you know that we're part of the fulfillment of that prophetic utterance of Jesus? Because we're sitting there talking about that, that act, that action, and that belief of Mary right now. But I need to emphasize this. Mary's actions were not praised by Jesus simply because they were done out of love or devotion. Mary's actions were praised by Jesus because of her belief and that she believed so much she responded in action and that action was to give generously of all that she had. Have you ever wondered when hearing this story why Mary had a bottle of of nard oil lying around? Perhaps because she had this anointment on hand For her brother's burial. But she never had the chance to use it. On her brother's dead body. Why didn't she have that chance? Because her brother was Lazarus. Her brother died. And Jesus rose him from the dead. So remember this. Mary had already seen. Jesus. Perform the miraculous. Mary saw her brother die, and she saw Jesus raise her her brother from the dead. And Mary had great faith in Jesus's power to do what might seem impossible. She had already seen it done before. So when Jesus told his followers that he was going to die, instead of trying to mold Jesus's literal words to her own understanding or to her own hopes, Mary simply believed him. Despite how confusing it must have been to her, Mary believed. So check this out. I I need to connect these dots for us because it's so important. Because of Jesus's resurrection, Mary would have never had the opportunity to anoint Jesus' body either. Had she not anointed Jesus when she did, the opportunity to do so would have passed her by. How often do we hold back from doing something for the Lord? How often do we hold back because we're waiting for a better time? We're waiting for more, a more appropriate time. Please turn to the next chapter, chapter 15, as we read about the crucifixion of Jesus. Mark 15. We're going to read 25 through 34. And it was the third hour when they crucified Jesus. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, "Uh Uh-huh, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Which means, my God. My God, why have you forsaken me? Verse 37. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. Put yourself in the place of the first followers of Christ who were there at his death. Put yourself in the place of the cross and then later the empty tomb put yourself in that area between the two. Between the death and the resurrection. Your heart would be broken. Your mind would be racing. Your hope utterly poured out. This isn't anything at all like what was supposed to happen to the king of the Jews. He was supposed to set everything right, mend what was broken, restore what was lost. But now it would seem that all is lost, everything is broken, and nothing is right unless Unless, unless you believed Jesus. Unless you believed that what he said was true. Unless you believed Jesus when he said, I'm going to die a brutal death. Unless you believed Jesus when he assured you that the story would not end in the tomb. Unless you believe Jesus when he said three days later, I will rise. Let's go to that tomb together in chapter 16. Verse one, when the Sabbath was past, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You see Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. Well, he has risen. He is not here. See, see the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Just as he told you. Mary believed Jesus, even though she didn't understand, Mary believed. And even though what Mary heard had frightened her, she believed. The Bible tells us that Jesus did nothing except what he saw the Father doing. The Bible shows us that Jesus fought, he contended for his time alone with the Father. He would consistently get away to pray. He would consistently get away just to be silent before the Lord so that he could hear from his Father and so that he could get a glimpse and see what the Father was doing so that he could join in and be a part. And Jesus believed. Jesus believed the plan that was laid out there that this world needed a savior and that Jesus would step away from his godhood in heaven and come to earth as a man. While he was here, he was Jesus, son of man. He lived his life as a man. He was tempted as a man. He overcame temptation as a man. And when he began his ministry as a man, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. The Holy Spirit remained upon him. And Jesus did miracles and taught with power and taught with authority and appointed everybody to his father and the plan of God. It is a huge understatement to say Jesus believed. Jesus believed his father. Jesus obeyed his father. Jesus did everything that his father said to do and that his father showed and said, look, here's what I'm up to. What about you? Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is not just some fictional character in a good book. Do you believe that Jesus isn't just some set of mores or values? Do you believe that Jesus is the conquering king of kings and that death and the power of sin and shame were never worthy adversaries and he conquered them and he did so decisively. And he did so completely. Do you believe that Jesus paid the price for your sins? That God loves you? And that if you will believe, receiving his grace, you'll be forgiven, you'll be saved. Just like Mary demonstrates. Belief results in actions. I'm just letting you know it's impossible to believe and that there not be actions that follow. If we believe, if we believe, action will follow. So what will be your action right now? One of my favorite passages of scripture, Romans 10, we see this. Romans 10, 9 and 11, it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. For the scriptures say everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. So search your hearts right now. Do you believe? Search your hearts. Do you believe that God loves you? Do you believe believe that God has Love and forgiveness and grace and power waiting for you. Do do you believe God when He says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you? Every hardship you walk out, I'll be there with you. Do you believe that God can and wants to heal your life? And today, do you believe that Jesus is alive? If your answer is yes, then make a declaration in your life right now. If your answer is yes, that you believe, then let your action be a declaration. Let your words say, Jesus, I believe you and I believe in you. Jesus, you are Lord. Do it right now, right where you are. If your heart believes, then your mouth has to respond in action. And get used to it, friends, because this response of action will be the first of many actions. Because when we believe, we can't sit still and not do something. To reflect that love, to express that love, to show our devotion. And like Mary, to show that we believe. Today we proclaim that Jesus is Lord of all. And if you have just declared, if you have just declared your belief in Jesus, then you now get to experience the benefits of living in his kingdom. Today we proclaim that Jesus has set us free. Free from sin. Free from the power of sin. To live accordingly to what Jesus says. Free from shame, free from death. Today we proclaim Jesus is alive.